When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hour two of the game, the game after work with Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and Owen Burke. Not long from now, two tickets to K State men's hoops against KU on Monday. Big Monday, Sunflower Showdown, Bramlage Coliseum. A chance to win those tickets if you're the lucky caller that Owen happens to pick up on. You get a chance to play some trivia Hell to win yeah. some tickets. Let's do it. Of course, when we get there, I'll explain oh. all the rules and we'll get our callers and. I've told Owen, get us a backup caller just in case our first caller doesn't win. Because it's not going to be one of those, oh, you got close, but I'm just going to give you the tickets anyway. No, no it's not going to be like that. You have to win by the rules that and, I'm going to lay out. And it's not going to be like, who's the head coach of the K-State Wildcats? It ain't going to be none of that. Come on. need you to uh, name me the leading Kansas State rebounder from 1977 to 79. Ned Neely. That's too easy. That's that. too easy. I have no way to fact check that, but <laughs> props to you for just pulling a name like that. <laughs> no, I think he was a few years before 78. He was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be. Now Now you sent Mitch looking. Well, wasn't Ed Neely, like, wasn't that Tex Winter days? Yeah, was in the 60s or something. Yeah. Neely? Early seventies. Was it early seventies? Okay. It's close. Well, yeah. It's close. I have I have faith. Whoever the first caller is going to get it. I don't think we're going to need the backup caller, but I'll have them ready just in case. And if two people lose, then Dave's going. So. Well, I didn't prepare that many trivia questions. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go to tomorrow, and uh, since I'll be heading to Topeka, it'll be Troy having to find a couple of winners. So. Nice. But we'll play uh, roughly uh, here in about 15 minutes as we'll kick that off. So you might as well just you know stick by your radio. Don't go anywhere. Uh, make sure you're listening live as well. So you don't have to, you know, that online delay, it's going to be a little bit tougher to uh, to call in at the right time. So, uh, But we'll get to that here in just a little bit. Um, Ed Neely graduated in 82, so that... Oh, yeah. So, so Deitch was kind of close. Dude. That's... Woof. Whoa. Well, look here. I mean, I was born in 90. I was way into K-State women's basketball for, before. I'm no, I am no historian when it comes to K-State hoops. Dude, I was pretty close. 78, 79 would have been like his freshman year. 
I you might have been. Right. I think if two people fail, Dave's going. It sounds I'm like. definitely going. All right, what was, what was the question again? I think I said what well, I don't even. I just picked it off the top of my head. I think it was like leading rebounder from seventy seven to seventy nine. Yeah, that's yeah. what you said. All right, it's let's get years. on that. Who find that out? Who right, was the leading rebounder? And look up. K State yeah. men's basketball nineteen whatever I'm, the years. I'm were. on Sports Reference, so I'm looking. Okay, I'm sure we can figure that out kind of quickly. Actually, you'd be surprised what stats you can still find for sure. Like you could go back a ways. I am I am shocked though that back in the day they didn't like a block wasn't a stat. It's like come on, man, are you kidding? That's I mean they, people have been getting blocked since the time the game invented, man. I mean, come on, but they didn't do that until. 70-something, I think. Really? Yeah. 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 It's crazy. What? Well, the next game for the Cats is against Oklahoma State on uh, on Saturday, which tips off at 1 o'clock. Pre-game starts at noon here at on K-Man. noon! Anything yet, Troy? Oh, yeah. Looking at uh, Steve Stolder's numbers. Man, we're really digging. Averaged 5.9 for his career, but uh, 7.4 rebounds uh, per game. In 77-78, and the 78-79 season was just under 7 at 6.7. And he averaged 5-something? In his career. So must have. So as a, as a freshman. First couple was, of years, yeah. yeah it's... Was only saw action one game in his freshman year, 16 in his sophomore year. Back in those days, you have to work your way up on the roster. That's right. Turn straight. He ain't playing some freshman just because he can rebound. So I've we've heard the the record thrown out there a couple of times this week from uh, head coach Jerome Tang, and uh, let's see if I have the clipper. I believe this is the right clip, um, which talking about you know the season not getting away from them, and now there there's kind of a goal set on what record. It's like a magic number. What record to get to deserve to be in the NCAA tournament? We're four and four in the best league in America, all right. And I've said from the very beginning of the year, like when this whole thing, like you get nine wins in this league, you go into the NCAA tournament. Uh, nothing has changed for us, right? It's just the order in which things happen. Sometimes people make a bigger deal out of it than needs to be. Yeah, yeah, uh, probably. Um, but it got me brainstorming today. I, I, I got to thinking about it. I was like, I have the schedule right there on the wall of the office. Ten games left in Big 12 play. You're 4-4. Four and four. K-State, can they finish 5-5? Five and five? Is this doable? Well, let's take, a look at the, let's take a look at the schedule. Up next, at Oklahoma State, you have KU at home on Monday. Saturday at BYU. Home then against TCU. Back on the road at Texas for a big Monday. So a quick turnaround there. Back-to-back home games, BYU, West Virginia, Cincinnati, KU back-to-back on the road, and then you wrap up with Senior Day in Bramlage. March 9th is the regular season finale against Iowa State. So you, you have teams all over the leaderboard still left to play in the Big 12. You'll play Texas for the first time in Texas. I mean, they're 3-4 and four right now in the Big 12. Um, not exactly looking the best in road games. I like that K-State still has it home and home with BYU. I think it's going to be an interesting road trip on uh, February 10th to Provo and play in that environment. And then you will host BYU, who I think are frauds. Cincinnati could be a tough road trip. Uh, right now, not even thinking about a W in Lawrence. 
Iowa State, you really want one back against them, but it won't be easy. And then, by the way, this week, Oklahoma State, you're home against KU, who KU can't win on the road in Big 12 play. Oklahoma State is without Bryce Thompson. At home against TCU feels like a coin flip. Feels like a coin flip. And then and I think I threw out West Virginia, which should be a win. It should be a win, but they're getting Jesse Edwards back. I think he is back now, so now they're tougher. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a better team that comes into town that K-State saw a couple of weeks ago. You got something, Owen? No, I mean, I'm, I've got the numbers ready whenever you want to come back to it. So about Ed Neely. Okay, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Dave was right. He is. He was the leading rebounder those three years. Ronaldo Blackman comes close because he played all three years, but Neely eclipses it. He only played two of those three years, but 502 rebounds in those two years. <laughs> Got it done. So technically, Dave was right. So I get the maybe, tickets. Man, maybe we should. Yeah, I was just saying, maybe you Bye-bye. should be a lifeline or something the in the game. Yeah, uh, listen, no lifeline, no nothing. Do you have a computer? Sarah, nope. No computer here. Sarah, baby, we're going to the game. So we're going to have to call Grandma up. we got to get another Grandma, babysitter. yeah. Grandma, you need to get down here quick. Well, unfortunately, by giving employees a ticket that is a five thousand dollar fine according to the fcc now that we've already talked about a giveaway on the air oh god um care of troy coverdale brandon people so yeah so uh (laughs) oh and we need you to cut that out of the podcast (laughs) let's pretend this no no we're still giving away the tickets at 525 do i think k-state gets to five and five the rest of the way you know it's kind of hard to separate right your heart from your gut from your mind, you know, because it's the Big 12. Anybody can literally beat anybody any day for the most part. No way Oklahoma State beats KU. It doesn't matter when that game's going to be played. It doesn't matter if it's in Stillwater like it was, you know, a few weeks ago or if it's in the Big 12 tournament. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. And Bryce Thompson is now out for most likely the rest of the season. K-State should get that win. I think it is absolutely doable, but I'm also thinking how deep this conference is and the challenges that a BYU, a Cincinnati, a UCF has delivered. You know, it's I don't know if it's necessarily NCAA tournament good. We'll see. It's kind of hard to tell right now. Um, I think you can get into the big you can get into the NCAA tournament this year with an eight and ten record. I'm not sure nine and nine is absolutely necessary, but I hear Jerome Tang when he says you deserve to be in and you're almost guaranteed to be in. I think you are guaranteed this year, no doubt. If you are nine and nine in the best conference in America, you are in the NCAA tournament. Is it 100% necessary? If you're K State, it may be because right now, and it's hard to guarantee this, but right now, K State only has one good win on the resume. And it's unfortunate that, you know, like the win over Providence is still kind of clinging on to a, a quad two victory. And then you also had a couple of losses that, uh, like Miami and USC, that at first, quad ones, don't worry about it. Well, now they're stinking, and, the, and now the losses are worse. So it's, more, it's now a blemish on your resume instead of like, well, it's quad win, just forget about it. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, K-State doesn't have enough quad ones. They've played now four times, and they've only got the one win. So there's only one good part of K-State's resume. 
with probably needing to get to nine and nine, at least these are quad one games mostly the rest of the way, other than Oklahoma State and I would West Virginia won't be a quad one game. You're you're hosting them. So you have two games that you, you should win and you definitely have to win. The rest are quad ones. But do I think K State will get to nine and nine right now? Honestly, I'm not feeling it right now. And I think most would understand why. This, to me, right now, honestly, is not an NCAA tournament team. Mm-mm. They do feel destined to be NIT, but I'm not counting them out. And it can – I mean, two wins in three days is going to turn some minds around. Mm-hmm. It can happen quickly. But right now, I can't say that. I have to go with what we know right now, and what we know right now is they got a lot to figure out offensively, and there's not a ton of momentum. And I don't know, I, does a win against Oklahoma State give you enough momentum to play for the KU game and, and go win that game? But I'll say this, I mean, worst K-State teams have beat better KU teams. Mm, sure. That is an absolute fact. So rivalry, emotions, won't count the Cats out in a game like that, even if they've lost three in a row. But I don't expect a loss at Oklahoma State. And I do expect a competitive game against the Kansas Jayhawks with KU struggling um, on the road this year. But there's still some tough road trips, and it's tough for this team to win on the road. And you, like, if there's ever a team that would get to 9-9 nine and nine and get the door shut in their face on the NCAA tournament, it will be K-State. Trust me. I don't think this team is in any position to say – if we get to this, we're guaranteed anything. And I, I think they need to not look at the schedule and go one game at a time. These guys, if they start – I know it's a motivational tool that he's using right now. He's like, come on, guys. If we do this, if we close it out, we go 9-9, nine nine, we're guaranteed. It's It almost feels like Major League where they have the gals – a, you know, the thing, and they're taking a piece of the clothes off every win, and they're like, yeah, guys, we did it! But in the end, it won't matter because I don't think this team passes the eye test when when the NCAA tournament, when the committee's looking at the teams, the four for first out and all that stuff. When they look, they're going to go, boy, when they are bad, they sure are bad. The month of February has to be above and beyond especially given what we have seen out of this team in the last three games specifically. The fact that they get off to bad starts, the the Houston game and the other evening, uh, you know, put those two together and explain how an NCAA committee person is going to look at that and say, yes, that's a team that should be in our field. Uh, it just, no, they don't want that mm-hmm. at the start of their games. They want actual competitive games. Uh, it's what makes the tournament fun, and and right now K State isn't offering very good competition in those early stages of ball games. I, I want them to shoot for a ten and eight. I, that's what I shoot yeah. for double digits. You have to overshoot to to get this thing into the NCAA tournament. The flaw is what you know is what's still ahead of you in conference play. Unfortunately, that trip to BYU is going to be a, a brutal, brutal. It's going to be a very convincing 9-9. Nine and Because nine. if you can recency bias your way in, if you have a really strong last month, I think they can they can work with 9-9 nine and nine and get in. If but. you took the Baylor game and, and looked at K-State right there 
at that point. That's a tournament team. That's a tournament team in their minds. That's a tournament team right there. That you're right, recency bias. Well, what happens? Everybody adjusts as the year goes on, and especially adjustments in conference play become easier and easier as you go because you've got more and more tape as you go. And it it's easier to know what's going on with each team the deeper into the season that you get. And it makes it tough to maintain. It's why it's so tough later in the season as well to be able to try to put together an unbeaten season, just as an example. Mm-hmm. The deeper you get into the schedule, the more people recognize and have seen what you have. And they game plan accordingly for it. And you have to be able to adjust on the fly and make those changes. Right now, with the limited scoring that this team has, making those adjustments on the fly is going to be a a huge challenge. What can you get, what can you come up with offensively that is going to put you in a better position at the start of games beyond the three guys that you have right now that can score. And that's part of the issue for K-State. Really, you've got three guys that can score. Everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the other guys that have to step up, and it's not happening. You're at a part of the year where making adjustments is so very tough because you don't have time for practice. You have a little more time when you're in a Power 5 because of your flights and, and how things are structured. But in the general scheme of things, you don't have a lot of practice time. The real hardcore practice because your guys need rest. Your guys have their classes to catch back up on after being out of town for a day and a half. All of the things that factor in. You don't want to overwork them in practice. So what adjustments can you make? They have to be very easy to make, but yet also very quick in terms of you have to make them quick and hope that everybody buys into them immediately and that they're effective. Well, right now, the biggest adjustment that this team could make is going to be the one that would be the toughest, and that is scrapping the five-out offense. And at this point of the year, February... That is a huge challenge to try to scrap basically everything that you've worked on since August in terms of what you wanted this offense to be. And I I, I think like I, I really respect your opinion on college basketball with when it comes to I think I, I think you've said it, but I think I've heard other people say it too, but I remember you saying like at the end of January, you kind of you are who you are. Pretty much, yeah. Know, and like cause now we're heading into February short month, and then it's March. Like, yes. You know, so you are who you are, and you're right. Like, coming in and going, all right, fellas, we're done with that. Let's move. We're going to try something else. It, I think it would be too much for a young team especially. Well, th- this is why I said back at Christmas break that that was the point where you make your biggest changes. Sure. If you have to make them at that point. It's your best last chance. Mm. Because that's the only space you've got before the conference season begins. Mm -hmm. Once the conference season begins, it is more about time management and making sure that guys are rested and healthy and keeping up with their classes. 
and all of the things that go into it. It's more about little things when you get in the conference season because the big things, you better have had them taken care of long before you got to that point. And when you reach February, yeah, this is the stretch drive, and and you're right. You know, People know who you are. The scouting reports know who you are. And, you know, if, if, if you try to throw something new in there, it better be quick and it better be easy because it's not going to get a lot of practice time. The KSU underscore fan on, on Twitter who, who writes for KSO put out some pretty interesting numbers about how, you know, in these last three games where you've met some really good defensive teams, Oklahoma was selling out on the half-court defense and putting pressure on the ball right away, double teams mm-hmm. on Tyler Perry, about how where really K-State struggled. Not, I mean, to me, I, I can't stand these slow starts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just put yourself in a hole early. Last three games in the first five-plus minutes, you've been outscored 31-4, to but also just the lack of touches inside. K-State's shots inside have really dropped off, and there's just not much happening inside the paint recently. Right. So K-State's having to settle for a lot more long-distance shots, and obviously the more of those shots you take, you're not going to have most likely the strongest shooting numbers. Yeah. It's just it's going to be harder to score. Right. And as someone, like, I will never claim to be some expert on the game, but we are relying more on long distance jump shots, but we're not passing the ball a lot. It's a lot of like kind of jacking them up. I'm sorry. And I'm sure like someone who's as talented as Case 8 underscore fan, he's so, his Twitter is amazing. Shout out to him. But he might have different numbers, but from the casual fan, just me watching the game, it's like, okay, we're obviously not putting it in the paint at all. We need to pass the ball around a lot better and try to get some guys some open looks because sometimes it feels like guys are dribbling around and then just jacking up a three. And it's just not going to get done that way. Nobody's that talented. You know what I mean? Like, nobody is. You you bring up a great point, and, and you mentioned, Mitch, the, the fact that Tyler Perry is facing the double teams so much. Part of the flaw with that is people have also learned that the ball – gets sticky in Tyler Perry's hands. Meaning the offense doesn't flow through Tyler Perry the way that we got used to an offense flowing last year. Marquise was good about being able to recognize where the play needed to move and get motion started. Yeah. That's not happening right now. That's n- And I don't say that to be a huge knock on Tyler Perry yeah. because he's being asked to play in a different role than what he has played in the past in being a point guard first in most cases but because it gets sticky that automatically draws out those two defenders to him and he hasn't found a way to get the right pass made out of that double team just yet and his teammates haven't found the way to get that motion going once they receive the ball well and it's just i mean all those early ball screens, Tyler would just come over to the, yep. the to the right side of the floor, and it's just an easy double team when they have the sideline right there to use as well. Right. Correct. And so Tyler stuck for five seconds, yep. and you've wasted half of your half of your shot clock just by trying to get off that second pass. And it's just dribble, dribble, dribble to try and maneuver and figure out what you're up to next. Right. We have to take a break. When we come back, things about to take off. Oh God, I'm getting. 
excited. Because, of course, K-State's turnaround starts Saturday yeah. against Oklahoma State. And then they really turn it on against the Kansas Jayhawks on Monday, Big Monday. If you want two tickets, get ready to call in. As a matter of fact, Owen going to take your calls during the break because he's taking the first two callers to get a chance to win tickets. If the first caller doesn't win, the second caller gets a chance. So your chance to win K-State basketball tickets against KU is up next. Phone number 537-1350. Man, I feel like we're we're marching into battle. We are getting ready for the Jayhawks and coming into town on Monday, but it's not to look too far ahead. We got the Cowboys on Saturday. Yeah, but didn't want to late last minute to give away these tickets. So, pair of tickets about to be given away right now here on the game for K State KU in the Sunflower Showdown Big Monday Monday night. And come on down. Alyssa Manhattan, you are our first contestant on some K-State basketball trivia. Alyssa, do you know K-State basketball trivia? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> well, we're gonna about to find out now. Let's uh, let's go over some ground rules. We do have Ron from Manhattan. Rod from Manhattan standing by. So, Alyssa, if you blow it, Ron's gonna get a chance here. So, here's how this is gonna work. Um, I'm gonna give you three trivia questions. You need to get two right to win the tickets. And it's going to be a 50-50 chance on every question. So it's like if you've been to games, they do these trivia games at the games, and you get a, a selection of uh, – to answer the question, you get two choices, A or B. So it's going to be like that, Alyssa. So before we play, DG, what can Alyssa win? She can win two tickets to see Kansas State Wildcats take up KU at Bramlage Coliseum. These are uh, regular size tickets, white and purple trim, zero dollar. Well, admit one, no refunds, no exchanges. She's the lucky gal. She's going to get two of these bad boys, and we're ready to roll. All right, there we go. Alyssa, are you ready to play? Yep. All right, here we go. Your first question. Jerome Tang is undefeated at home against KU all time. Is that true or false? True. Hmm. That's correct. Wow. One for one, Alyssa. That pause had me worried slightly. <laughs> She's thinking, dude. I was dude. trying to figure out if there's a trick there. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jerome Tang is undefeated, believe it or not, all time at home against KU as head coach of K-State. Maybe should have specified there a little bit. You know, <laughs> wasn't... Yeah, That's what I was trying to figure out, if this was where we're – yeah, I was trying... that's what I was looking at the trick. You need to be watching out for Mitch, okay? He's slippery, so watch out for him. That win was uh, last year in overtime, 83-82. to 82. Mm-hmm. All right, Alyssa, question number two. We're talking K-State head coaches now as in past head coaches, who during their time at K-State had more wins against KU? Was it Frank Martin or Bruce Weber? Between those two, who had the most wins against KU, Frank Martin or Bruce Weber? Mm. Mm. Oh, goodness. Frank, oh, Ma- Frank Martin or Bruce so, Weber? I'm going to go with 
Bruce. That's correct! Two for two, (laughs) Alyssa! Bruce Weber had three wins. Frank Martin had two. Wow! She typed that up fast on her phone. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. No Googling. No Googling? That's amazing. Congratulations. Congratulations, Alyssa. Hey, since we have you on, you've won the tickets. You're going to the game. And, and we'll we'll wrap this here in a second, but I did say you'll get three questions. You got your two right. Would you like okay. to have a bonus question just for fun? Might as well. Okay. Your bonus question is, do you know they're true or false? My favorite K-State basketball player of all time is Cartier Martin. My favorite K-State basketball player of all time is Cartier Martin. Is that true or false? True. Hmm. Oh, oh that's I'm gl- good thing you got those first two questions right, or else you're that would have been tough sledding. But Alyssa, my favorite K State basketball player of all time is Owen. Who is it? Is it Jacob Pullen? No. Is it? I know who mine is. Ed Neely. Close. <laughs> that's a great pull. Oh. Great rebounder. <laughs> it's got to be. Kevin Durant from the left side. <laughs> Michael Beasley. No, he's the cat that just had the greatest single season individual season of all time. Marquise Noel, Noel. is my favorite K-State basketball player of all time. But Alyssa. <laughs> Look at Alyssa with this jazz. Small Kings got to hold together. Uh, Alyssa, the short answer is yes. <laughs> short in many ways, yes. Nice, Alyssa. Well, Alyssa, how's it feel to be going to the K-State KU game? I'm pretty pumped. Good. Do you know who you're taking? Um, Probably should take my sister because she's standing right beside me. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're going to take your sister. Wink, wink, wink. If right. something came up, you can't go with me. Yeah. Well, Alyssa, again, congratulations on the tickets, and thank you for calling in. It wasn't easy. I mean, the phone lines are riding up immediately. You snuck in there, and you were first up at the at the, uh, at the the plate, and you hit a home run. So nice work, Alyssa. You are going to the K-State KU game. We'll, we'll put you on hold, so stay on the line. Owen will get your information. And congratulations, Alyssa. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. That's Alyssa from Manhattan, winner of two tickets. She did amazing. And, um, you know, you really have to be, you got to have nerves of steel to play Wildcat basketball ticket trivia. You know what I mean? And she, she hung in there. Now, your question, your question about your favorite player, I really like that, dude. That was good. You're going to be a fan of the show. I made it up on the spot. You did? Okay, good job. That was really good. I thought you were going to throw, say something about Gilson to Jesus, but you know. Well, wow. you know, before, before, actually, before it was um, Marquise Noel, I probably, I'm probably going, and this is crazy, Jeremiah Massey. Oh yeah, oh, YouTube <laughs> mixtape master. Yes, yes, Jeremiah Massey, man. In Europe, they're like, was this guy Michael Jordan? What is going on? A close third, Angel Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> People used to say we looked exactly alike. You guys do look strikingly similar. I, yeah. I don't I'm, I don't see it. 
See, but when he was here, did you kind of lean into her? Like, yeah, yeah. No. my brother. Well, and, like, I kind of I, – once in a while, I'd, like, end up at, at the same, like – Yeah. Get-together slash Aggieville. Oof. And I was like, who who honestly thinks that? We it's, look, it's, we're twins. It's like, a little bit it, – it's there – it's definitely there for sure. I would always my fave uh, uh, Jermaine Maybank was one of my probably my favorite guy <laughs> of all time. Aren't you a big Dominic Sutton? Love guy? Dom. Sutton. That's what I thought. Speaking Oof. of uh, K State K, well, yeah, he would have been. That's Beasley, right? Um, Beasley Henry mm-hmm. Walker. Dude, that guy could dunk. So, man, he'd fly, but he'd give him an open three and oh boy. yeah. <laughs> He was good. If, if there's like three defenders in his face, he was going to nail it. Uh, all right. So that's going to wrap up the trivia. Alyssa knocked it out of the park two for two. Uh, you know, I'm not here tomorrow, but I mm. do have questions left over. I checked during the break. Oh, great. I did find two more tickets. <sighs> Believe it or not, I actually found two more tickets. So I'm going to let Troy host tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He'll lead. He'll he'll be the Bob Barker. Yep. You know we'll we'll do this all over again. Mm-hmm. I'm Rod Roddy. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you said Rod Roddy because he is the goat He's of the goat. Uh, of game show announcing. It's not the other guy. I don't know who the other guy is right now, but it's Rod Roddy. I'm Rod Roddy. I'm gonna come on now. Sparkly jacket. Oh yeah. Oh, that's his wardrobe. Yeah, it was on point. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was cool. Um. Okay, so tomorrow, Troy will have more trivia, same game, same everything. Tickets are just in a different spot. That's the only difference. It's not the same two tickets. Uh, All right, so I'll let Troy figure all that out tomorrow. He'll promote. He'll tell you when to uh, be listening to call in. Let's take a break, and uh, we'll continue on with the game next. Too much enjoyment out of this. It's a great song. It does get you in the like the mood to start wheeling and beating yeah. a little bit. It, yeah, you're ready to either win a car or sell some cars. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great. It's a great way to put it. I mean, when I hear this song, I just have that montage of like old Las Vegas strip lights sparkling. Absolutely, like driving in. Yeah. You know, uh huh. It's like in Vegas vacation when the family rolls in and they're on the limo, they're going down the strip, and instead of Born to Be Alive, it's this song. Like, yeah, it works too. Yeah, dude. This would be perfect. Born to Be Alive. <laughs> no, this is from The Price is Right. This is one of the uh, old, um, like, they're going to bring out a car. They're going to give away a car. <laughs> Rod, what can they win? A, a brand, brand new, new car. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they crank up the no, the, the song. Dude. It's a 1994 Ford Bronco. <laughs> oh, so Mike, comes with a tape player and oh man, tape, electric tape, windows, AM FM radio, all white in color. Oh wow! A new car. My great grandma. She didn't know much English, but she knew uh, Bob Barker. She'd go, Estella Bob Barker. <laughs> and, and they watch Prices Right every day. <laughs> Estella Bob Barker. Oh, like, all right. Oh, boy. Even if she could even understand that game. 
You know? That's fantastic. It's the LeBob Barker. I love that. Loved. And Lawrence Welk. My great-grandparents were huge Lawrence Welk. I don't know who Lawrence Welk is. Oh, he was. He had a show on, like, PBS. And it's, like, um, one of those variety shows. Um, he was a big band leader guy. It was really lame. It was so lame. So I want to point this out because the first time that Mitch played that this afternoon, <laughs> he specifically asked, recognize this? Mm. And immediately, what did I say? Um, let's make a deal. No. I said Family Feud. Family Feud. We're both right. It was it on Family Feud? That was the one that they went ahead and utilized for Family Feud. I, but I remember, okay. I so have confirmation. I have watched a ton of old game show reruns of Match Game and a Family Feud. And there was, you know, late 70s when Family Feud did come around and Richard Dawson basically left Match Game to host Family Feud. I remember the Family Feud theme was more hokey. It was like more like country barnyard sounding. Now, you know? yeah, it's it like had a country barnyard kind of action going on. In the Nashville movie. Brass style, is it what they termed it here? Yes. Nashville okay. Brass. How long did they use that on Family Feud? Oh, uh, throughout the it's Richard like Dawson years. Quite a Absolutely. few years. Well, yeah. but I think, so the current theme they use for Family Feud is more of an old school mm-hmm. It's like the old school theme, but it's more like modernized sounding, I guess. Does that so, make sense? Here's the deal. The guy that wrote the vast majority of the Price is Right music was a guy by the name of Walt Levinsky. Over 500 different music cues. Good for him. Over the years that he wrote for the show. And that one was titled The Feud. And so because they're produced by the same company... They went ahead and right. moved. Ah, moved. Yeah, that. we'll just move that over. Where's Levinsky's uh, thing? The feud? Yeah, pop it in there. This Price is Right show is going to go off the air anyway, anytime soon. That needs to be, the Grammys are this weekend, right? That yeah. needs to be a Grammy. I, mean, I know we're not making a, a, a ton yeah. of new game shows all the time, but like wrestling themes, that should be a, gra- yeah. that should be a Grammy Levinsky, category. The Walt Levinsky, um, you know, what, what would be like the career Thing they could they could lifetime like, achievement lifetime achievement award. <laughs> Put that guy in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame <laughs> if you ask me. I absolutely play oh, Levinsky four ninety seven. And and here's the way that I learned all of this: the Price Is Right wiki. I mean, honestly, that's that good. that's how you know it's accurate. Well, that's the Price good. Is Right, the Price Is Right had I mean, yeah. when it comes to music that they used by far the deepest catalog. Yeah, deep because cuts. they had. They probably had six or seven different songs for a car. They had five or six different for your your dinette set, bedroom set. They depending on a trip. Oh, they had five different songs for a trip. The trips, man. And like the showcase songs were different. Uh, they had a ton of music for for the prices right. The showcase showdown, baby. Man. <laughs> well, my favorite. So actually, I pulled it here. I barely got to play it, but like the the come on down. Oh. I love it when it kicks back in after all this. When it, I'll get to it here in a second. It's my favorite part of any song about Price is Right. That like just, I'm ready to sprint down to contestants' row. <laughs> it's all props to the like good Walt Levinsky's. Did all of them? They're like, 
this person hasn't made it down there yet? How far yeah. away were I'm they? I'm high-fiving yeah. everybody. Yeah, high-fiving everybody. <laughs> Fell down a couple times? I got there early enough to get front row, and then I got to spread up to the top and get some high-fives, and I'm high-stepping <laughs> back down there. <laughs> I'm doing my touchdown dance before I get on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Has oh, boy. played or spun the wheel yet? He's celebrating. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, hey, we're running short on time, so Owen, you get us out when we need to get out. If you, I think you know what that means. Um, let's go ahead and just get right now to a little Ask Us Anything. We're running short on time. Well, let me tell you, I got an Ask Us Anything that's going to really— Hold on a second. Oh. There it is. Okay. It's going to really knock your socks off. When you were a teenager, what was popular to hate on? For me, it was boy bands. Uh, boy uh, bands were really cool for a hot minute, and then they became not so cool, and so people really went after them, man. Really went after them. New Coke. <gasps> oh, man! The videos of the like the interviewing people really not happy. No, nope. insanely angry about that. See, I'm like, it, it, Clay Center was weird, like. I, there are things that weren't very popular, but like people were into, but were wouldn't admit it. Like I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, the band Corn ah. is a great. I know I got into it because a lot of people at school got into them, but they weren't like publicly talking about it. Oh, I'm really into new metal and stuff. And Dang, it was kind of weird. Metal. I don't know. There wasn't like. I, I mean, obviously, it was more college, but Justin Bieber oh, was yeah. a pretty big... It, like, he was the one that I can remember at first, like, the first that came around, like, people were openly just rooting against him. Oh, yeah. Was hoping he would screw up. Yeah. Was hoping he would get in some kind of trouble. Just because you like, oh, I knew it was going to come. He got early. He got famous too early. He was too young. Baby, baby, His song, baby. his music was trash. Ugh. Couldn't wait for him to fail. Yeah, that's the guy. That's the answer. Uh, Oween? Everybody hated... I don't... Everybody hates Nickelback. I never understood it. <laughs> yeah, that would have been, yeah, been your time. I, I, yeah. I love Nickelback. It's kind of... That style of music is what I grew up around. Like, Puddle of Mud, Nickelback, Three Doors Down. Like, that was the type of music my mom listened to. Uh, Big fan. It's called Butt Rock. Yeah. I'm okay with it. No, it's called Butt Nate, Rock. You call it whatever you want you, to. I'm playing it all the way into it. it. Lean into that. Most Butt Rock I'm actually a fan of. I've never, I wasn't really ever into Nickelback. I'm not a hater on them as much as I used to be. I respect their work and how they've kind of made a comeback. There is one band I cannot stand more than anything else. Imagine Dragons. Ooh. Ooh. Horrible. As a PA announcer, how can you say that? You know how many <laughs> Imagine Dragon songs play at pregame of football games? Yeah, zero. <laughs> zero. Zero? Zero. Have you been to a K-State game? Fair. Zero Imagine Dragons. <laughs> Bill Snyder would have never touched Imagine oh, Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no way, no, no how. Definitely not. Allen. Oh, my God. God, I remember not, not enough Ranger, synthesizer baby. in this. <laughs> All right, do we gotta go? We gotta. We're good. I, I don't know. We got uh, we got probably another uh, thirty seconds. 50, so. hey, another forty-five well, I, seconds. I wanted to ask Maybe a quick one. I wanted to ask um, this question. Oh, I already did. I asked about DePaul basketball. Yeah, yesterday. yes. Dang it, man. I got nothing. I thought I only had time for one. So I had Well, one. we can just gradually then yeah. exit. Fade and call the, it a day. Yeah, fade yeah. into the background. Stage left. Remember to spay and neuter your uh, pets. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got real close. Leave it there. at that. <laughs> That's close. it. Show's over. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> Go cats. <laughs>